Hello and welcome to the Libero podcast. It is me, your host, Kenny. This week I'm joined by Alex, by Dan and by Zach. Hope you are all well listening to this podcast, boys. I hope you're well as well. Uh, we're going to be talking England this week and in particular, we're going to be looking at the fixtures and our European qualifying games we've played so far, particularly against Hungary. Hope you boys are well. Mace, how are you, buddy? All good, thank you. Yeah. yeah. Zach, how are you, buddy? All right? All good? Yeah, not bad, Kenny. Not bad. Dan? Looking very well, mate. How are you? You all good? Yeah, sun shining. Can't complain. Good, good, good. So, as you know, boys, we've we're in the middle now of a three-set group of games: um, Hungary, Andorra, and Poland for World Cup qualifying. Um, I totally forgot to be honest that we'd already had three games prior to these. I was surprised to look at the standings. It's been seems it's, it's been so long since England have played a qualifier, of course, with COVID and the Euros being in between. Southgate's named his squad. Dan, we'll go with you first, mate. Sam Johnson from West Brom's in goal. No uh, Arsenal, no Arsenal's uh, Ramsdale in the squad. <laughs> Are you surprised? No. <laughs> I did read somewhere that Leno's going to be going on the free transfer at the end of the season, so he's going to be your number one for your uh, season in the championship next year. So that'd be interesting. <laughs> um, yeah, that's that's certainly a good word to use, Ken. Interesting. <laughs> At least it's his level. <laughs> the anchor. Um, Zach, Trent, Trent's been recalled into the squad after missing the Eurostar injury. Um, but Southgate's still gone for four right backs in James, Trippier and Walker. Who would you would you use a different right back for different themes? Or is there for you one standout English right back? I mean, you... In theory, you should use different right backs for different things, but I don't understand. All of those right backs are the same, like a variation on a flavour of the same right back. So I don't, I don't see how you that is now an option in your side. Would you say that he? I, I mean, I, for me, I think Trent's misused, um, used incorrectly by Southgate. That he plays a different role for him that he does for. For, for Liverpool, um, obviously getting forward and, and working with Mohamed Salah on that right hand side. Mace, you're obviously a Chelsea fan. Yeah, uh, sorry, sorry to just interrupt on that, Ken. No. There, there, there is another point here, and that is that against better teams, England leave themselves overloaded out, out wide because both their fullbacks bomb on, mm-hmm. and there isn't really any coordination. If you're going to do something like that, what you should have is a fullback who can fit into a three when you're in attack. Yeah. And we don't have that option now. Would you not say Carl Walker can do that? I mean... He's played him on the right of a three. He wouldn't fairly, be fairly my... Regularly. That's true. And on one of those occasions, he was sent off. <laughs> we also did get to a Euro Cup final, though, so... Um... With him at the back. Yeah. But not in a back three, right? Yeah, play back, we played back three a couple of times during the Euros. We had Trippier on the right and then Walker inside him with Stones and Maguire and then Shaw on the left. So I remember everyone kicking off about it being so defensive. Um, but do you see... I mean, Carl, what we... Mace, there's arguments for playing all four of those players, aren't there, at right back or 
as a yeah. third centre half. So you're a Chelsea fan, so probably I assume James gets a nod for you. Yeah, I think James. I'm, I'm happy with Walker though. I think he does a lot of uh, recovery work that some of the other players don't necessarily read, especially Trent. Um, I'd quite like to see Trent in the middle actually as a CDM, see how he gets on there because of his delivery of the ball and stuff. Yeah, it might be quite an interesting setup, but yeah, yeah. I don't think he's the best. He's not my first choice right back, Trent. No, I suppose it depends how you play, isn't it, and yeah. what you want from your fullbacks. So it's a completely valid point from from all you guys there on that one. Dan, Jesse Lingard's been recalled to the England squad probably for the last time in a while if he stays at Man United. Is that fair to say? Should he should he have moved at the end of the transfer window? Um. I can't see him busting into that. <clears throat> excuse me, that um, United squad at the minute. They are very top heavy. Um, but you know he had a good time at um, West Ham. Looked handy player. Scored some goals. Was you know quite vital to the team's performance. Um, yeah, if he'd have went, it probably bettered his football. I think. One of those players who needs minutes. And yeah. I think he'll be struggling for those there. Zach, do you think that Lingard was unlucky to go to the Euro unlucky not to go to the Euros? I picked him. I picked him in my squad. He had a good season, as Dan said, a good half season at West Ham. Do you do you think that he probably should have moved? Especially when you know Ronaldo looked like he was definitely coming in. Yeah, it's an odd one. I mean there's got to be there's got to be a reason because there must have been clubs absolutely crying out to take him on loan. So you would have to imagine that it's either the case that United simply wouldn't agree to let him go on loan again, that they want to see him out because they need him off of their books or he wouldn't agree to another loan. He wanted a transfer and United weren't willing to sell him at what was being offered. I can't believe that no one went in for him. Mm. But then again, would you want to be sold if you could get the chance to play next to Big Ron? I wouldn't. But, I mean, is he going to get the chance? Lingard is probably comfortably bottom of the pecking order at Manchester yeah. United now. I'd agree with that. But... I mean, what, I think, even lower than Van der Beek. <laughs> <laughs> I think what we've seen though is you need that depth in the squad, and I think out of the top four, that's where Liverpool probably fall a bit short than the rest of them around them. But yeah, well, well, hopefully, you know, hopefully we don't fall short, but um, that's that'll be actually a conversation for a for an, another pod. Um, Mace Patrick Bamford's in the England squad for the first time. Yeah, 17 goals last season for Leeds United. Deserved call-up for you? Definitely. Uh, I'd like to see what he can bring to the team um, and whether it, whether he uh, is as good under Lord and Saviour Bielsa as he is under Southgate. So, uh, yeah, I think... Because he, he's a very similar sort of striker to Kane in the way he moves into the box. Um, and so it'd be nice just to see a, another striker come on rather than trying to play Rashford up top who doesn't quite fit in that striker role in the same way as he does going out on the left or the right 
Frank Bamford should. Uh, I hope he starts against Andorra. To be honest. Yeah, we'll um we'll we'll chat Bamford when we when we when we talk about the Andorra game. But Dan, do you agree with with Mace there that Bamford deserves his chance? Yeah, I believe so. My only reservation would be with Southgate and um rather than with Bamford as we saw with Calvert Lewin getting not a lot of minutes at all. You know, it's all right sort of playing him against Andorra and things like that, but will he actually utilise him? Will he actually play him? I'm not so sure. Exactly. You'd imagine he's not going to play in the Poland game, which is arguably the as again we'll talk about that game later on. You, you'd expect Bamford though to get minutes against Andorra. Well, you'd I mean you'd hope so if you're Bamford, right? If you're not getting some minutes against Andorra, you're just there to make up numbers. Hmm. Reminds me of when um, David Nugent was called up to the England squad back in oh five oh six. And he won cap one goal, and that came against Andorra. So um, mm-hmm. let's hope that Bamford can get more caps than him. But we did start our campaign, I say our campaign, the, this set of three games with a 4-0 victory on Thursday night in Budapest against Hungary. And it was actually Hungary's biggest qualifying defeat at home in their history, which for me was a really surprising stat. Um, obviously, they had the mighty Magyar team of, of the 50s, and they were you know, unbelievable players, but they were, uh, push gas, et cetera, et cetera. But that surprised me. Do you, for you, Zach, was that an impressive win? You take that, say that stat in that stat into account. Was it an impressive win considering it was only home fans there, no away support in what was an intimidating atmosphere? Yeah, I, I mean, I suppose there, there, there was. There's a time a little while ago when that would have been perhaps back in the era of Steve McLaren. Where that was that is exactly the kind of fixture that you would have expected England to struggle in, or under Capello you would have expected them to make an absolute meal of the task. Classic, yeah, yeah. Um, I suppose the question is now in in a in a qualifying situation where you are playing group games and you aren't setting up in the same way as you would in a knockout tournament. Is that result a surprise for England? Are our expectations of England too still so low that we don't actually realise how good they are? Are, are England better than we think they are? I mean, on, on paper, I think England might have the best squad player for player around. Certainly in Europe. Big shout, but you, yeah, you, you I'd agree with that. Yeah. I, I mean, I think having that Euros has massively got the fans on side again. To be honest. Yeah, I think so. I think, for as much as we don't rate Gareth Southgate, and some people would say, you know, he did have a an easy run to the semi-final of the World Cup. A fairly easy run to the fight could have been a lot more difficult. He's done it and he's got to both of those. I, I still don't rate Southgate. I think it's predominantly down to the fact that he is able to pick some of the finest young players in the world. And and that those players have come through and really established themselves. Declan Rice, every time I see him, looks like he's been playing for a decade. 
He just gets better and better. I'd agree with that. He's been a real shining light coming out of that Euros. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I didn't get the hype for him last couple of years at West Ham. Not that I, I, I didn't watch West Ham regularly enough, but the Euros for me really stood out how good he was. And that Euro final, Mace, yeah. we watched the, we all watched the game together at yours. Yeah. He was unbelievable in that midfield. Um, Jorginho and and Verratti couldn't get anywhere near him. Um, mm-hmm. Do you have to now build our team around Rice in that midfield? Is he the, is he now for you, Mace, the DM? Definitely, he he's the favourite. I, I think the partnership with him and Phillips, you can't take that out of the team now. I don't think. I think it's they they do such a good job of nullifying the opposition that it gives you the opportunity to attack them because because they get the ball and they pass the ball out and spray spray the ball around. Um, they they're aggressive in their challenges, but they often don't give away cards, which is which is good because it shows they've got like a professional head on them. Mm. Um, and yeah, you've seen you saw in the Euros, it was sort of like watching Beckham when Declan Rice was on the ball, just skinning players for fun. Yeah, it's such a good game. And I think yeah. that him, I think it's, I think it's right you bring up him and Phillips. Phillips this week won England Player of the Year. I don't know if I completely agree with that, um, but he had a great Euros as well, and they worked really well in a, in a like a fulcrum in the middle of the field together. Which yeah. Zach, like you said, allows our fullbacks then to bob on to give that protection to to to, to the centre halves because God knows they need it sometimes. Um, Dan, we needed to obviously talk about yeah the game goals from Sterling, Kane, Maguire, and Rice. Sterling and Jude Bellingham. Um, were victims of it we have to say alleged because it hasn't been proven yet but the fifa have opened up an investigation for racist behavior by the fans were monkey chatting how impressed were you with sterling's response when he scored the goal just went to the corner flag and went here i am getting pouted with missiles from the crowd well yeah and it just i just think one thing we've seen from the euros is such a togetherness of that team when you've got jack rip jack wiltshire Jack Grealish, sorry, and uh, Declan Rice, you know, picking up the uh, the cap. <laughs> Very brave. I don't think there was beer in those cups. <laughs> no, no, but I just think, and you see them, you know, they're all together. They're all looking out for each other. Whatever was said or chanted um, doesn't have a place in football in my eyes. Um, will there be a harsh ramification? Probably not, because they'll just go, oh, here's a fine and a slap on the wrist. It's, it's a weird one, Zach, isn't it? Because... Hungary have been given a three-game ban by UEFA for having they have to play three games behind closed doors uh, for the homophobic challenge during the Euros. Um, but yet they can have fans in a FIFA competition. It's so bullshit. Who's uh, surprised about this? We, I think we established quite comprehensively when we were discussing the European Super League that the governing bodies actually don't care and their interest what they are concerned with is their own best interest mm. and locking out hungary fans from spending money is not in fifa's best interests uh, they're, they're holding the world cup in a country where you know homophobic things yeah. are likely to be a problem yeah um so we, we, we obviously we, we can't be surprised by yeah, yeah like the incompetence of, of FIFA on this. If you're going to pretend to care about these things, eventually 
your lack of commitment to it is going to be exposed and this is what's happening yeah i mean it's it's probably going to be dan as you mentioned like, yeah, a fine slap on the wrist or whatever um i, I can't imagine fifa get, delving too much of it their, their rest of their, their investigation is open at the moment but um i was really i was really impressed with with sterling and, and bellingham how they handled themselves because it's not the first time we've had this with england um yeah. and and you know, Montenegro away a couple of years ago. Sterling gave it the old celebration in front of the fans, fingers in his ears. Um, Tyrone Mings has had it, hasn't he? Tyrone Mings had it. But, you know, we got to look at ourselves as well. The players after yeah. the European final were racially abused. Saka, Sancho and Rashford. You know, there is a, there's obviously things need to be done about that. But the good stuff we saw, Mace, Kane yeah. scored. Should have had four or five. Yeah. <laughs> really, yeah. Missed, some, missed some good chances. Um, he seems like a man with something on his mind at the moment, almost, Harry Kane. Um, Devastated, he didn't go anywhere. He's not the only one, Dan. Mace, <laughs> <laughs> um, you were saying, yeah. you know, we, we scored four goals, but the uh, Hungarian goalkeeper, Galaski, had a, yeah. not his finest night. Yeah, pretty much every shot that came at him, he, he touched and it just flew past off his gloves into the net. Unless so Harry Kane shot. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, other than his header, every other shot he hit seemed to hit straight at the keeper. Yeah. Um, but I think the scoreline um, didn't reflect... It, well, it reflected the performance of England because we dominated. But it could have been 1-0 and, and we got lucky to have so many soft goals go our way. But then again, Kane probably should have finished the bag himself, and it should have yeah. still been four 0 So, yeah, but, fair result. Yeah, fair result. And I think the the performance of the team uh, was just so solid that in the first half didn't didn't even give him a sniff. Uh, we were just sort of working the ball around, testing them, um, and then it it all came together in the second half when they figured out exactly how they can exploit. Hungry and yeah, and get inside that centre half and the fullback, wasn't it? Yeah. On several occasions. Yeah. Um, I thought Mount had a great game. I thought Greenish yeah. had a good game as well. I it's funny now Greenish is starting for England after his one hundred million pound move from uh, <laughs> yeah. to Man City. But um, so three points in the bag for England. Uh, Sunday we have Andorra at Wembley in a five o'clock kickoff. Um, Dan Andorra currently one hundred and fifty sixth in the FIFA World Rankings, in between New Caledonia. And the Dominican Republic. Um, nil nil written all over it. Yeah. <laughs> Both teams to score. Um, they're currently fifth in group in the group. They're above San Marino, the standard whipping boys of the group. Do you think that um, this, is, this has been a say it's been banded around for a few years now? Is the idea that I don't want to come across as uh, being harsh, but the minnows, let's say, of European football, Liechtenstein's, Andorra, San Marino's, Gibraltar's, should they, Dan, and you, do you think they should have to do like a pre-qualification to qualify yeah. for the main ones? Because yeah. they get whooped every week, and if they were playing maybe themselves in a mini-tournament, they might actually play teams of their standards. Put put yeah. them in a mini-tournament then, but I don't think you should take away from them the chance of getting to play against, I mean, football's for everyone. Yeah, otherwise it's just a super league of, of internationals. Exactly. By all by all accounts, have like maybe a, a conference competition for them. 
Um, but no, you don't just, you know, everyone deserves the right to play in England, a Germany, a, you know, a, a top European club or mm. international club, as it were. It's not very often you get fishmongers from San Marino rocking up at Wembley. Although it does actually seem to, so we do see them play them every year now. But yeah, I mean, that's, that's fantastic. I mean, that, and as that fishmonger to tell your grandchildren that, that you, you yeah. know, you've played in Wembley, that's fantastic. Yeah, and, and got smashed eight now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but you know, you were there, probably got some grass in your pocket that you've pinched. Yeah. <laughs> Zach, Zach, for you going into the game, Andorra's 66 to 1 to win. Um, would you like to see, would you like <laughs> to see Southgate? <laughs> I'm not, I'm not suggesting putting any money on him. Would you like to see Southgate use some of the fringe players and maybe try new systems, new tactics? And if so, sort of who would you like to see? Any Anything you'd like to see in particular against Andorra? I think we've already established that we want to see Bamford getting some minutes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I would like to see Lingard play. I think that's exactly the kind of game where he's going to give you a stellar performance. I think Bellingham should play as well. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I just we'll just talk about this. The depth of this England just, squad. You've got get yourself a dartboard, stick the players up, and just pick your team like that. Let's start bailing them in goal. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he might, he's a bit taller than Pickford. <laughs> yeah, true, true. Uh, but to be fair, I need to I need to I need to stick on the record. I think I've been really impressed with Pickford um, since yeah. the Euros. Um, right. it, a bit ropey against um, for for enjoy first couple of games, but. Again, against Hungary, I thought he's quite, You're quite right. solid. So we're probably looking at a fairly comprehensive England victory here. Wednesday, we go into what is either be the most difficult game in the group on paper, which is Poland away. Um, <laughs> Zach disagrees. <laughs> well, I've, I've, I, I didn't watch the England game. I watched Poland, Albania, instead, and. Oh, you nearly caused a diplomatic crisis, didn't you? <laughs> um, I was not impressed by them. They were, they won four one. Albania are a like, tough team, though. Uh, they were not good, Mace. <laughs> they, they, their goalkeeper. It must have been a bad night for goalkeepers mm. because he was not convincing. At all. Was he thrown him in? <laughs> wasn't quite. It wasn't quite that bad. He just he was caught flat-footed with everything that came his way. How much um, is he going to Arsenal for? <laughs> <laughs> thirty million. We want uh, give him a thirty-year, <laughs> five-year contract. And these are everybody on the phone. Pay thirty-five. We'll pay thirty-five. Three hundred grand a week. Yeah, Zach. Yeah. They had they had a poor Euros. Poland one point. I mean that point did come against Spain. Um, who again weren't the most convinced in the Euros, but they did lose against Sweden and Slovakia. So you're, you're not convinced, Zach? I, I, I'm not fairly comfortable evening. Sh- yeah, I'm not convinced by Chesney. No, he's having a bad time there at Juventus, apparently. Uh, I think he's he looked weak for me. Their defence struggled when was it full strength eleven. Really, Pretty much. Yeah. Um, the, the one kind of thing that you have is you have Lewandowski, yeah. who, <laughs> I mean, he was just so obviously a cut above the other players on the pitch. Although he did have a strike partner 
I've forgotten his name. He scored Strike. their second strike. <laughs> um, who he he scored their second goal, which was it was a nice header, and he he does actually look like a player. He was making his debut for them, and he he looks he looks dangerous. So if they've got this, if they have two threats up front. It could be something that England. It could be like a a new prospect for England to play against. Like it, it could end up with Rice or Phillips kind of really having to put in a defensive shift when they're. Yeah. Uh, but there's. Given, uh, Lewandowski is clearly one of the very few elite players in world football. But if you have a team that consists of players like. Maguire, Rice, Phillips. There should be enough players to to mitigate the threat that he poses. Mm. Yeah, you can almost drown, drown him out, can't you? Yeah, I mean, you would hope so. With players like that. You would hope so. I mean, Macy scored last season forty-one goals in the Bundesliga. Yeah. In twenty-nine games. Uh, is he for you the best centre forward in the world football? Isn't it? As an out-and-out striker, yes. As a number nine, we'll call him a number nine. Yeah. Zach, did you, is he the best number nine in the world for you? Yeah, but that's... Out-and-out. That's out. what he does. That's what he does. Dan, you'd love him at Arsenal, wouldn't you? <laughs> he wouldn't get the ball. <laughs> <laughs> is he for, Dan, is he for you? I think I heard you say yes when we were discussed. Yeah. Is he for you the best yeah. centre forward? He's 33, 33 years old as well. Big loves his class. He did, for their third goal, he did pick the ball up on the halfway line, run, just sprint down the wing, skin, skin a player, and just dink this delightful cross into the back post. So he, he obviously offers a little bit more than just mm. putting the ball into there. He's probably the most gifted finisher around. Mm. Yeah. Oh, he doesn't even blink, does he? I don't mm. think he had a fantastic Euros though. No. No, he's he is the I've got a little stat for you guys. He is the second highest goal scorer in qualifying so far with four goals. Anyone hazard a guess at who's top? Sterling. No. Um, he's, a, he's a he's a libero favourite. Uh, Danny Ings. What? It's not Luke Alexander, Shaw. Alexandra Mitrovic. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're having a lot. Serbia. Five yeah. goals for Serbia. Yeah. Look at Ty, the boy's got it. He's just not being used while at Fulham. He's got it in his locker. <laughs> yeah, Serbia been playing. Have you had that beer yet, Dan? <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 we haven't met up yet for that beer. We do need to meet up for that beer, though, soon, boys. Um, <laughs> it tastes ever so sweeter. Dan, how would you, how would you set up? For the game, full strength, usual. Oh, what for? And for the Poland game, Poland. 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 Rinse and repeat from the Hungary game. No. Um. I would. I don't know. I'd put some some of your key players in there, like a Mount, like a Rice, uh, Pickford. But then maybe put, I don't know, sort of a Bellingham, a Bamford in. Um, 
yeah, like Zach said, we've, we've got enough good players to stop their threats. Um, and also, I think it gives those fringe players, as you say, a bit of a tougher opposition than, than a, no offence, an Andorra or a San Marino. Mm. Mace, we're five points clear in the group, so we can afford to lose yes. this game um, yes. and still be in pole position. <laughs> no pun intended. Um, <laughs> with our remaining fixtures being Andorra away, Hungary at home. Albania at home and uh, San Marino away. Yeah. We should, we should, we should qualify. You like that one? <laughs> You've written that down, haven't you? No, I'm actually ready to still be in pole position. Um, we should qualify, shouldn't we, now, Mason, this group? Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, Poland's definitely the hardest game. The others should be a given on paper. Um, but I think we should go full strength against Poland, just purely because I want to see the team gelling again, like they did in the second half of the Hungary game. I want to see how they would play in a in a tournament get, like match, rather than like just testing out a few players here and there. Like the the Andorra games, is to see how they get on. I think if you're testing fringe players, but I think full strength for me for Poland. Yeah, I probably have to agree with that. Um, just to see it over the line and, and to get yeah. through. Um, just quickly then, boys, we'll, we'll wrap up with the last question. England's third favourites for the World Cup. Seven to one. Zach, is it coming home? <laughs> Who's who are the France? France and Brazil eleven to two. England seven to one. Spain, Italy nines. Germany elevens. Yeah, I haven't been paying enough attention to Brazil. So I don't know how they're how they're looking. Very up and down. Yeah, immense attack, terrible defending. Classic Brazil. Mm-hmm. And there you just have Roque Junior at the back, <laughs> but Ronaldo up front. Do you reckon England can win it, Zach? I mean, technically, any team in it can win it. Very true. Um, <laughs> are you confident? Think... Are you confident England can win it? Yeah, I, I just, I'm I'm not convinced that I'd even have France above them. No, in the odds. I think what is going to, I think what's probably going to, I think what's going to be interesting about this World Cup is that. I think it is going to be one where the conditions that the competition's played in are going to have a have a massive impact on the quality of the football that's played. Yeah, it's going to be hot and humid, isn't it? Yeah, I think a team like Philly will do well in those in, in that environment because of the way they have high altitude pitches and stuff, don't they? Yeah. It's, countries like Japan I mean the 2002 World Cup was there was a similar problem with humidity and altitude yeah I'm still not I'm still I'm still not convinced that England are going to be able to take a full strength squad I think that come January like come November December time you're going to start losing players to 
soft muscle injuries, you're going to start losing players to common colds and like illnesses that they're not, they haven't developed an immunity to. So I think probably the favourites for the World Cup will be decided the week it starts, just based on who can field the most coherent team. Mm, and just one. Mace, for you, is it coming home? Yeah, I think we'll get to at least the semis. Um, I'd like to see us in the final, but it depends on who we get drawn, I guess. Dan there in the shadows. Is it coming home, mate? Um, I don't know. I won't answer that. I will, like the Euros, take every game as it comes, but I'm a lot more optimistic and excited to watch England. And that's all we can ask for, isn't it? I have been of late, yeah. Oh, cool. Well, boys, thank you very much for joining me on this podcast. So we're going to win it all. There we go. Eurovision. <laughs> World Cup, <laughs> Super Bowl, England are going to win it all. But um, thank you for listening. Obviously, please do subscribe to the pod. Uh, we are going to be back next week with a live watch long of Palace against Tottenham, which should be an interesting one. Boys, thank you so much for joining me. Uh, yeah. Look after yourself, stay safe, etc., etc., and see you all on Saturday.